Thank you, Lord. So while we were worshiping the Lord tonight, it, it came to me, this is why I had my phone in my hand, because uh, this, this is nothing part of what I'm doing tonight. But it says in, uh, the Bible says in John chapter 4, verse 23, and this is out of the King James, this is where Jesus encountered the woman at the well, right? So the Bible says, but the hour cometh, and now is when true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Hallelujah. But that came to me while we were worshiping God because you could feel the, the presence of God. You know? You can pull on the presence of God both corporately and on your own. And this was one of those times where I, it, you just reach up and you pull down on that anointing and feel what God's doing in you. And take that time to get in your spirit and to worship God in the spirit and in truth. See, so many times I think that uh, the church lacks in that area. They lack in an area of, of truly going after God with spirit and in truth. And some of this is what I'll be talking about tonight. Hallelujah. But to really press in after God, to come after him with, with your spirit, to, to lay aside everything and to get into his presence like that. Amen. Just like we did here. And sometimes we're probably just scratching the, the, the surface of it and not really getting all the way in. Amen. But tonight I, I want to talk to you about enter in. That's, that's what I called this today and because uh, there are depths to the things of God okay and uh, I'm going to read to you out of uh, Ezekiel chapter 47 I'm reading the whole chapter so y'all are going to love this you're going to get to hear me read a lot but you know what the word says it better than we ever could so we might as well load up the sermon with a word right so the Bible says in Ezekiel chapter 47 and, and I'm taking this out of the Amplified so it's even better <laughs> then he, my God, brought me again to the door of the house of the Lord, the temple. And behold, waters issued out from under the threshold of the temple toward the east. For the front of the temple was toward the east, and the waters came down from under, from the right side of the temple on the south side of the altar. Then he brought me out by way of the north gate and led me around the outside to the outer gate, by the way that faces east, and behold, waters were running out the right side. And when the man went on eastward with a measuring line in his hand, he measured a thousand cubits, and he caused me to pass through the waters, waters that were ankle deep. Again, he measured a thousand cubits and caused me to pass through the waters, waters that reached to the knees. Again, he measured a thousand cubits and caused me to pass through the waters, waters that reached to the loins. Afterward, he measured a thousand, and it was a river that I could not pass through, for the waters had risen. Waters to swim, a river that could not be passed over or through. And he said to me, Son of man, have you seen this? And then he led me and caused me to return to the bank of the river. Now when I returned, behold, on the bank of the river were many trees on one side and on the other. Hallelujah. As I'm reading... Bless God. Thank you, Jesus. Then, <laughs> hallelujah. Then he said to me, these waters pour out toward the eastern region and down to, into Arabah, the Jordan Valley, and onto the Dead Sea. And when they shall enter into the sea, the sea of putrid waters, the waters shall be healed and made fresh. Glory. And whenever the double river shall go, every living creature swarm shall live, and there shall be a very great number of fish, because these waters go there, that the waters of the sea may be healed and made fresh, and everything shall live wherever the river goes. I'm getting excited. The, uh, the, the fishermen shall stand on the banks of the Dead Sea from En Gedi, even to En Gelim, 
shall the place spread their nets. Their fish shall be of very many kinds, and the fish of the great or Mediterranean sea. But its swamps and marshes will not become wholesome for animal life. They shall, as the river subsides, be left encrusted with salt and given over to it. And the banks of the river on both sides there shall grow all kinds of trees for food. Their leaves shall not fade, nor shall their fruit fail to meet demand. Each tree shall bring forth new fruit every month. Hallelujah. These supernatural qualities being because their waters came out from the sanctuary and their fruit shall be food and their leaves for healing. Thus says the Lord God, these shall be the boundaries by which you shall divide the land among the 12 tribes of Israel. Hallelujah. Hold on. I'm, I'm jumping around. Praise God. Ah, Jesus. Come on, where'd that go? Here we are. Jump down with me to verse 22. You shall divide it by allotment as an inheritance for yourselves and for the foreigners who reside among you. And you shall have children born among you. They shall be to you as those born in the country among the children of Israel. They shall inherit with you among the tribes of Israel. In whatever tribe the foreigner resides there, shall you give him as his inheritance, says the Lord God. Hallelujah. Now, I know I just unloaded a whole lot on you, and that's okay. We're going we're to unpack some of it little bits at a time here. But see, there, there's depths to the things of God. And my question to you is, how deep do you want to go? How deep do you want to go into the things of God? Do you want to just get into the river just right at the very edge there and maybe go ankle deep? Or do you want to get into the knees and all the way out till the water's up over your head? Amen. These are the, the ways and the things of God. But see, to enter into these things, there's a price that has to be paid. And I actually kind of mentioned it this morning. See, you, you can't just expect to enter into the, the things of God by being lazy. It takes some effort. You know, Jesus paid the price fully, did he not? For us. So how much more should we be willing to give to the King of Kings? Amen. How much deeper do we want to get into his presence? How much more do you want to know him? Just like I said about the worshiping in spirit and in truth. How much deeper do you want to take your life in, your, in worship? How much deeper do you want to go into time of prayer talking to the Lord? How much deeper do you want to get into the word? How much deeper in the revelation of God do you want to be? How close do you want to get to heaven? Amen. Hallelujah. See, that's what God is looking for, is a church, a body of believers that want to come closer to him, that want to come deeper, that don't want to just stand on the bank of the river and admire from a distance, oh, that's real nice. Because that's so much how the church is. Not this one, but a lot of churches, they just look and they're happy to admire. You know what? That's a really beautiful river. God is so incredible. He's so awesome and he's so wonderful. And that's as far as they'll ever go with it. But entering into the fullness of the things of God, to get into the depths of that river, to where the water's washing over you, flowing over your head, glory. Hallelujah. Coming deeper into the depths of God's glory. Coming deeper, closer to Him. To experience everything that He has for you. To operate in a power that you can't possibly fathom with your brain. Because it's so much deeper than that. To pull on all of heaven. Hallelujah. See, this is the kind of relationship that God wants, the relationship that you can't even comprehend in your mind. How incredible is that, that our Father God wants to pull us that close to Him. But the beautiful thing is He gives us the free will to choose on how far we want to come. See, the Holy Ghost will never force you into anything because He's a gentleman. See, a, a devil will come and force you to do things that you don't want to do and push you into areas. But the Holy Ghost is not like that. He'll pull on your heartstrings. And he'll tell you, give you, come on. Come here. Let's do this. See, a couple years ago when I was living like a heathen and I was all backslidden and everything, I could still feel the Holy Ghost pulling on my heart. Stop that. Come out of that. Come out of it. And it got stronger and stronger and stronger, and I knew something was about to happen. But he still left a choice all to me. And I had to fall flat on my face to get to do it. But when I got back up again, see, a righteous man will fall 
repeatedly, right? But he'll always get back up. And I wasn't even hardly being a righteous man, but the Lord still saw me for what I had the potential to be. There's a cathedral song that's like that. Still he saw not what I was, but he saw what I could be. Amen? And he, he, he pulled me up out of that. And it was almost like his question to me was, how far do you want to go? How deep do you want to go? And I'll go all the way. Because see, up until that point, even prior to that, I was kind of living with one foot in the world and the other one with God. And all I did was one of these. I never actually made any progress. I just went in circles. I could never go into any kind of depth into the things of God because I was happy having some of the world too. See, the world will steal from you. See, the Bible says that the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. See, the devil's out there to try and keep Christians partially in the world and partially in the church because that's an ineffective Christian that will never accomplish anything and never get any deeper into the presence of God. And if he can keep you in that world, then you'll never do anything and he has nothing to worry about you. Oh, but hallelujah for the believer who says no. Ooh, I feel the Holy Ghost. I got my running shoes on, Lord. I'm going to go with you anywhere you got. I'm going to go where you go. I'll just go where you say. I'll do what you want me to do, regardless of how crazy it may seem to this world. I'm going to do it, and I'll follow you with everything I got. See, that's the kind of person, that's the kind of believer that makes the devil nervous. That's the kind of believer that when the devil wakes up in the morning, he looks under his bed for you because he's worried about you. See, we don't have to worry about the boogeyman. The boogeyman got to worry about us, amen? Hallelujah. That's the kind of believer, the kind of believer that'll go and shake a nation. The kind of believer that'll take his community and own it for himself or herself. That's the kind of believer that'll plunder hell every single time. That's the kind of believer that'll kick the devil in his teeth. And that's the kind of believer that'll make the devil fear. The very thing he tries to put on us, he'll feel himself. Amen. Hallelujah. And he has every reason to fear because this is a church that's rising up. This is a church where people are starting to flourish. This is a church where people want to get deeper into the things of God. This is a church that's hungry and thirsty for the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen? Hallelujah. This, see, and I know that because you're all sitting here tonight. Amen? Anybody, you could be, a lot, there's people here that probably weren't here this morning that are they're happy to sit at home. And there's so many people in churches, they're just happy to sit at home. How many churches where they're like, don't worry, everybody will have you out before kickoff? What kind of service is that? You're robbing your people. You might as well just sit in, hook up, buckle up, and get ready to go for a ride. That's what you pray. You don't come to church just to, all right, come on, kickoff's going, oh, come on. And if you were counting on me for that, I don't even know if there's a football game on today or not. I could care less. Sorry to disappoint. <laughs> Because this, I, I come up here and I, I, I preach because I love the Lord. I'm not tooting my own horn or nothing like that. And glory to God for it. Because years ago, you'd have, you'd have never thought it. You'd have, you'd have never thought it. Man, that kid ain't going to do nothing. You know? He's just mean. I, I was like the meanest nice guy anybody ever knew. But no more. No more. Because I'm hungry. And it's, it's the hungry, it's the thirsty. That's who God sees. The Bible even says the Lord's searching to and fro. His eyes are searching to and fro, looking for someone to show himself strong on their behalf. That's who the Lord's looking for. Little old you, you know. You want to see yourself as small, the Lord sees you as different. See, the Lord sees everybody in here as somebody who has a potential to shake a nation. You even look at Deuteronomy 28, where it goes in about saying it, where it says in this part, this will make you have a distaste for debt. Where the Bible says that I will lend to many nations, but borrow from no one. This is just the people. Amen? So how many of you would love to lend to many nations? You know that there's believers out there that are commanding that kind of wealth that they can actually lend to their nation? Maybe not here in the U.S., but over in Nigeria, there's a, there's a church over there that they, that they had to build the sanctuary that's like a mile long and a mile wide. That's a, that's a whole lot of church. You know that they're walking in some kind of power when they collect the offering and it takes six months to count that one offering. 
They say that the buildings there grow faster than the trees. Now, let me think about this. The Bible says that God is no respecter of persons. So if he'll do it for them, then won't he do it for us too? But it's a matter of how much you're going to trust him for it. See, that church, to get to that point, there was a price that had to be paid. See, the, the devil ain't going to give you a free run up the side. Right. He's not going to see you go and fool on with the things of God and be like, ah, that's okay, have fun with that, kid. No, he's going to send demons and devils, all kind of stuff after you to try and crush you and level you. But I'm here to tell you, you don't give the, uh, <laughs> you don't give the devil any more power than is due. Amen? Because my Bible says different. I said it this morning. There's only a third, and there's two-thirds on our side. Not to mention, we got the Holy Ghost and fire, amen? We're the ones that are setting things on fire. We're the ones that are stomping every devil of hell. That's what the Bible says, right? You'll cast out devils. You don't cast out devils with some kind of weak nonsense. You cast out devils with some kind of authority. You don't give them the option of whether or not they're staying. You go get out. That's what you do. You don't let them do nothing. You got all the authority over them. Don't listen to the lies where they say, oh, you ain't going to be able to do that. I'm not going to leave. I tell you what, if you're ever going to cast the devil out of somebody and that thing starts speaking, just rejoice in the fact you already got the victory because you done made them nervous. Because they wouldn't be saying nothing if they, they wouldn't tell you, you can't cast me out if you couldn't do it. They wouldn't even manifest if you couldn't do it. Amen. So if you're in a service or something or you're out on the street doing whatever, and the devil manifests himself in front of you, like, like, oh, I got this one. And go get him. Loose. You come up now in the name of Jesus. That's the authority that you carry, amen? But you realize that authority as you press into the things of God, as you come into the deep realms, as you get out into that water that's up over your knees, up over your head. And I'm here to tell you, if you're always standing on the very bank of the river and just always looking and watching, you're bound to slip in. Because <laughs> it gets a little bit muddy right along the, where all that life-giving water is, and you're going to keep... Swip! And then there you go. You're all wet, head to toe. So just run with it then, amen? <laughs> so if you're wondering about the things of God, then you're in the right place. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And what's it say in there? It says that about the, the river and how it flows and everything on the bank it'll give life to. Amen? Even on the bank you'll end up getting some life. But if you're in it, you'll get some more life too. Amen? And it'll provide trees that'll bear fruit in all seasons of all different types of fruit. So all different types of fruit are going to flow out of you. As you're standing there pulling up on that living water that the Lord has for you, coming into the deeper things of God, you're going to start bearing more fruit out of you. You're going to have that fruit of kindness, gentleness, self-control. These are the things that will flow out of you. All the old stuff in your life where you were impatient and, and mean or whatever, all that stuff will just start to pull off and fall off and fade away in the darkness of the nothing of the hell that it came from. Hallelujah. But then it's the life of God that will come on you. It's that river that washes all that stuff away. And that life will come on you and then you'll go. You'll go to places where you never thought you could imagine going. The Lord will take you into areas you never thought you'd go. And I'm not talking just traveling. I'm just talking into the spiritual realm, into the things of God. To where you can be walking in this natural world and be operating in the supernatural all at the same time. Hallelujah. And see, how do you access those things? Well, there's no actual formula. See, us here in the U.S., we like to have plans and formulas. You do step A, step B, so, and then you get the rest. But it's not like that. It's, it's just a relationship. It's, that's a big just, actually. It just all comes out of that relationship and your desire to be close with God. That he'll, he'll use you in every bit of the way. You, we see every service how tongues comes out of here. And the Lord brings messages to people. That's an incredible thing. And those messages aren't to be taken lightly. When the Lord's talking to you, it's not something where you're just like, oh, that was nice. No. You hear that thing, you know that change is happening. And that's the point that when you hear those, those, those prophecies like that, that's the point to where you go, that's me, Lord. The guy that you're looking for, the woman that you're looking for, that's me. Yeah, I'm right here. 
I'm the one that you use. Well, Isaiah 6, he's the, yeah, send me, Lord. I'll go. Be that one. Be that one that he calls. The one that he lifts up. And he elevates to positions of glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So you enter into the glory of God. See, the glory of God is, is, is a, a tangible presence of God. How many times have you either been sitting in service or even in your own prayer time, and you could feel like the Lord all around you? Now, I'm not the one to be led by feelings and things like that, but you could feel the manifest presence of God, like, drop down on you. You know what I'm talking about? Can I get an amen? amen. People know what I'm talking about. That's where you're, you're just kind of scraping the surface of entering into the glory of God. See, you think about the Israelites in the Old Testament, and they, they had the pillar of fire by night. The fire of God every night watching over them, protecting them. That was the glory of God. That was the very presence of God that was constantly around them. See, they seen it and everything like that, but it wasn't with them individually. He wasn't with them as an individual. He was with them as a people. But us... That very same thing, that very glory that I'm talking about is the same glory that's inside. You get that? That glory of God is what resides inside of you. You, 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 you. Way back there, you. That glory of God is what's inside of you. How deep do you want to go? What are you willing to give to get there? Amen? Amen. Are you willing to give up your time? Are you willing to, to wake up a little bit earlier? Amen? There, when, I, when I was still doing Bible school, at 6 o'clock in the morning, now keep in mind, I was averaging probably about four and a half, five hours of sleep each night. But I told the Lord, I said, Father, you sent me here, so I thank you that when my feet touch the floor in the morning, that the quickening will come on me. And I'd, I'd wake up, I'd pop up with that alarm because I had to keep the alarm across the room. So if it was right there, you know, my feet didn't get the chance to touch the floor. <laughs> so I kept it across the room. And I'd jump up, boom, my feet would hit the floor. Instant quickening, energized. And every morning at 6 o'clock, me and a bunch of other guys and the one pastor, we'd all get on, the, they'd do like a corporate phone call thing. I don't know all the details of it, I just know it worked. And we would all get on and we would pray for a good hour every morning. And sometimes he'd give us some scripture. But most of the time we spent praying over everything. Pleading the blood of Jesus over the pastors, over ourselves, cars, house, everything. And then, but it was those, there was many of those times where we would just get on and start glorifying God. Get on, start praising him immediately. And then you start worshiping. And this is where you'd start entering. I can't tell you how many times that I went and just backed up to my couch as we were worshiping the Lord because I knew I wasn't going to be standing much longer. You know, falling out under the power at home, but I had the wisdom. Get close to something soft. <laughs> Amen. The Lord gives you wisdom, use it. But it was in those times that, that we started accessing things. And I remember the pastor would tell us, he said, as you're on here praying in tongues, he said, listen to your tongues. He said, because they'll start to change. As you start getting deeper in the thing, you'll get, it'll be more clear and more concise. You'll, you'll almost like you're making out words. And I noticed that I was praying in tongues and he could hear it because he would call on different people to pray. And man, I tell you what, sometimes you get on there and run with that thing. You start praying in the Holy Ghost, then you'd start praying in your understanding. Just like the Bible says. And we, man, we were just tearing stuff down. And tearing. I can't tell you, each one of those guys have, have grown exponentially. I know each one of them. And it was amazing because when I got down there, the Lord connected me with each one of those guys in some different way. And I'm connected with all of them still and their family. Some of them, one friend of mine, he's, he's a young guy. Him and his wife just had a baby. It's a beautiful thing. He wants to try and keep up with me. I see you got a little ways to go. Get a couple more there. But it, it was those times where, where I started realizing what it was like to be in the glory of God. You know, not touch it for yourself. Never touch the glory because it ain't for you. Amen? It all goes to God. But he lets you get in there. He lets you get in there to see it. He wants you to get there to see it. 
And I mean, I love those times. Like an hour went by like that. You get to the end of the amen of the, the last prayer, and you're like, oh, man, we need more. And then the whole rest of the morning, I finished getting ready. I'm like, shut and I'm praying in the Holy Ghost for myself. You know? If you don't pray in the Holy Ghost, you need to, like, do it. Don't think that it's just reserved for service. You do that thing constantly. Because that's the Holy Spirit praying the perfect will of God for your life. Amen? Like, you can't go wrong praying in the Holy Ghost. You watch and see the things that start changing. As you take that time, you carve that time out of your day to go after God and pray those things out. Whether you do it in the morning or at night, you got to go after God. He's not the God of just the occasional phone call. Hey, so nice to see you. It's good to hear from you again, Lord. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's been good. Thank you. All right, I'll, I'll talk to you next year. You know? Like people... They expect things from God, but they don't want to put out the effort themselves. Well, God says he'll do this, this, and this. Well, what are you doing? How much time do you spend in his presence? How much time are you getting into the word? Um, how much this? How much? And they're like, well, I, I don't really do that. I get church in. And you've got expectation for nothing. You don't even want to take the effort to put into a relationship. Men and women, think of a marriage. What if you talk to your wife twice a week? Some guys are sitting here like, well, that don't sound like a bad idea. <laughs> it's like, that sounds like heaven. It's not. It opens the door to hell very quickly. Because <laughs> your wife's like, why ain't he talking to me? What's going on here? And she's looking at you all mean-eyed and everything, and you're wondering why. Here you are thinking it's all happy times, but it's not. It's the same thing with the Lord. What you invest into him, you'll get out of him. Because what I say before, his eyes are searching to and fro, looking for people. That's what it's going to take for this revival to spread like wildfire. Amen? That's what it's going to take is people that are like, I want that. How many times have you been sitting here and seeing somebody and you're like, I want that. I'll take that. Pastor said something either last Sunday or Wednesday, and I was like, I'll take that. Yeah. Because I want that. I want the, the deeper things of God. I want that time in prayer where I just I keep a little notebook with me while I'm praying. Because the Lord drops things in on me while I'm praying. And it's up to me whether or not I act on it. The Lord will give you plans and ideas, but whether or not you act on it, it's up to you. If you choose to not to, then don't be surprised when nothing happens. Right? Hallelujah. So you enter in. Into the glory. So here, I'll, I'll give you a semi-little formula, okay? So we know that the glory of God is a tangible presence of God. And it's, it's a place we find both corporately and individually, right? So uh, Ruth Heflin, I think I got that right, was writing in uh, one of her books that you enter into the presence of God. One of the ways to enter in, it comes from our praise, which leads to worship which leads to standing in the glory of God. Amen. See, that's why churches do praise and worship in the, in, before service starts. Sometimes they're pretty weak, and you're not really getting anywhere, and you're not really doing anything, because people are too busy doing their other stuff. When I'm in praise and worship, half the time the Lord's giving me stuff while I'm sitting there, hence the verse I started out with. He'll drop things in on you. But it's that time that you get to enter in like that. Yes, do it here by all means. Because when you do it corporately, yeah, when you do it corporately, you'll hear when everybody's in one accord. It, I've, only, I've only experienced it a couple of times in a, in a church service where, where people were just praising, worshiping God's. God's. God. Duh. Let me clarify. I don't want anybody to say, he said God's. No, worshiping God. And, and that you could hear it became like one voice. And it, it was just like a nice hum tone. And I can't, I'm like having a hard time putting it into words. But you didn't, you almost didn't dare open your eyes. Because you knew that the Lord was just moving around everybody. And the, the particular time I'm speaking, I was one of the ushers. And, and, and our ushers, like we, do a lot and you're catching people and everything like that so I had to kind of keep my eyes open but it was like one of these things like I was sort of cheating 
But it was the same for me. I'm, we were just like praying in tongues, worshiping in tongues. And it was such a beautiful, beautiful sound. Just, just it, all in one voice, all in one chord, just like in Acts. What's the Bible say? They were in one accord. They were in one accord and the Holy Ghost came. Amen? And that's the things that, that, that Sunday service, Sunday night service, when you come together as a body of Christ, even if you meet in small groups or whatever, you can access that very same thing. You can get into that one accord with other believers. And even on those phone calls, I, I remember hearing it on the phone calls. And the pastor even said, he's like, there we are, we're in one accord. And pray, and then things were happening left and right. See, I'm not telling you this stuff like it's something I haven't really tried. Matter of fact, I didn't bother trying it, I just did it. Because I was in a position where I had to completely trust the Lord. You know, I don't know, I don't think I shared with you. When my family and I went down to Florida, we ran out of money in Georgia. I couldn't pay to fill up the giant moving truck that I had. And I couldn't fill up my wife's car. It was no money. But I knew who the Lord was. And I knew who he said he was. And I knew that he called me. So since I knew that he called me, I put it out to him that way. Lord, you sent me here. Thank you. I praised him. And I thanked him and I worshipped him for who he is. That was the access point to God. Was recognizing him for who he is. Becoming in reverence to him. Knowing that he is who he says he is. And he'll do what he says he'll do. And don't you know out of that time. Ten minutes later. Money came into account. The trucks got filled up and we got to carry on our journey. All the way down. A house opened up for us. While we were down there, stayed there for a little while, had to keep believing God for the income to come. Because of being in Bible school from 9 until 12, I couldn't find a job that was going to hire me for that time, and I sure wasn't going to go kill myself doing work. But the Bible says that if you don't work, you don't eat, so I knew to put my hand to the plow on something. Amen? So I started my own business, and, and I actually worked at the church maintenance department for a little while. I'm just testifying because the Lord is good. And I, I worked at the church maintenance. You didn't, you didn't work at the church to get rich, you know. You worked at the church, and you were believing God anyway. It was, it, it was actually to serve the Lord. You did it out of a servant's heart. They still paid you. A worker deserves his wages, right? They still paid and everything. But I was there and doing the work, and it's not, it's not like stuff that you enjoy doing. You know, when you're unclogging a toilet, you're not exactly like, yay! <laughs> but I enjoyed it. I was like, because it was for the Lord, and everything you do, do it as unto the Lord, right? So everything you put your hand to, you put it to for the Lord. Everything that's entrusted to you, you take care of as though it's the Lord's. Because here's the reality, it is. You know that breath you just took? That's his. He lets you take it. So praise him for it. Amen. That voice that you get to speak with, that air that passes over them vocal cords to create that voice, yeah, he gave that to you too. So you might as well praise him for it. Hallelujah. See, the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever, right? Praise God. So even in those times, it was still praising God and thanking him. I can't tell you how many times it looked like we were going down. Okay, here we are. It's the end of the month. Rent's due on the first. Well, praise God. My wife would come to me and tell me, okay, this is, she'd just give me, the, this is what it is. This is what we got. There we go. All right, bless God. Thank you, Jesus. See, it was, I didn't let the words come out of my mouth. Well, here we go. We're going down in a blazing glory. No, I was like, well, praise God. I don't know how it's going to work, Lord. Thank you. I don't know what you're going to, and I would get into the presence of the Lord and be like, Lord, your word says this. He says, remind me of my word. It's like going into a courtroom and pleading your case. That's what he says to do. You come to him like that. Plead your case before me. Amen. You plead your case to him. So he would get in, I'd be getting that reverent time, whether I was on my knees pacing back and forth or doing whatever. I probably wore a hole through the tile almost. Just to get into the presence of the Lord. Because in the presence of the Lord, that's where everything comes from. 
All the riches and glory come right from there, being in the presence of God. And every single time, don't you know the Lord showed up? Sometimes it was a little bit late, and, I, and my landlords were very gracious. But boom, it came. Boom, it came. It was never beyond the, like, 10th or 15th or something. It always came. And the electric always came. We had our electric shut off one time. See, I'm telling you these things because there's a price to pay. See, and the devil, when you're paying that price, when you're going through that trial, the devil will sit there and try and convince you you're going down. It ain't happening. God won't do it this time. These are the things that will go through your mind. It's not doubt and unbelief in your heart. It's the doubt that comes into your mind because your mind still operates on a natural plane. So all that doubt will come into your mind and your heart says, no, the word of the Lord says this. So that's where you choose if you're going to believe on the word of the Lord or if you're going to believe what the circumstance says. If you believe what the circumstance says, you'll speak that thing and you'll get that circumstance. But if you declare the word of the Lord, you will get what the word of the Lord says. So you shall decree a thing, you shall declare a thing, right? That's what the Bible says. And that comes out of Job. So if you're one of the people that are like, oh, I'm just, I, I have Job. I'm, I'm like Job. You know? Well, I'm here to tell you that Job went through that for about a year and a half probably. And the Lord blessed him doubly. So if you've been in something for a good couple of years, you're not doing Job. You're, you're just not pressing in, I guess. Right? So you decree and declare a thing. With your mouth, and the Lord responds to that. See, even the angels, they operate off of what the Word of God says. So you can activate the angels over your life to go and do the things that angels do, because why? They're a ministering spirit, right? That's what the Bible says. So if the Bible says they're ministering spirits and they, and they work for you, then you can petition them to go and do, right? And they'll operate according to the Word of the Lord, not yours. So you use your mouth. You use your mouth, you get that belief tanked up inside of your heart, and then you use your mouth to speak out, declare what the word of the Lord is, and then watch him. Watch what he'll do on your behalf, because he said he'll do it. The very same Lord that says that you don't have to take on a debt will be the same one that you can call in the finances you need to accomplish what needs to be accomplished. I told my wife, I said, you know, I, I said, we have to believe for, you know, what, like $3,000 a month or something at minimum? Three to 5000 at minimum every month. I said, so that's three zeros we got to believe for. I'll never have to stop believing the Lord for what he's calling me to do. Because if he gives you, if you got a million dollars in your bank account, he'll give you a $10 million vision. You'll never not have to trust God. But you get to a point to where the provision is taken care of by the Lord. And you get to that point to where he meets your desires. And then you get to that point to where you're going and meeting the needs of others. But you always got to believe God for it. You always got to believe, Lord, this is what I need to do this with. I got to get this done. You call me to do this. Thank you. Always be thankful. Because a thankful heart's a happy heart, right? An ungrateful heart is dried up, miserable. And never thanks and never receives. But it's a thankful heart that receives from the Lord. See, these are all the things that I'm giving you that get you to enter into that glory that God has. To enter into his presence and realize the fullness of who he is. All because of Jesus. Look at the access that the Lord gives us. What's the Bible say? It says, come boldly before the throne of grace. Right? So that means that you get to come into the very throne room of God. In the time that you take to pray, you get to enter into the throne room of God. You get to enter into his presence. Think about these words that I'm telling you right now when you go and pray. I'm praying and I'm entering into the presence of God. I get to come boldly and ask him. Like a good father, he's ready to listen to you. Maybe I'm sitting here preaching to the choir and just telling you things that you already know. But I'm just reiterating it. Repetition brings revelation, right? And hearing and hearing. How many times do you see Paul, and all through the Gospels, everything, where it's repeated over and over again? He's trying to drive a point home. 
I mean, you know that he's writing the letters to the people and he knows what he already said, but he repeats it again to get it driven home. When you hear things over and over again, let it speak to your spirit. Let it listen. Listen to what the Lord's trying to tell you out of that because he's got some place to take you and you're going to love it. If the Lord ever lets you down, you'll be the first one. <laughs> you know, the Lord let me, well, congratulations, you're the first one that the Lord failed. You know, the Lord won't fail you. Why? Because he says, I won't leave you nor forsake you. Right? So if he says he won't leave you for forsake you, what do you got to lose? There's nothing that can stop you by getting into his presence. Hallelujah. It comes from a place of intimacy with the Lord. Intimacy with the Lord. Time spent. Like I said, it costs you. It's definitely time with the Lord. It's going to cost you your time. That's okay. Because the Lord will restore that time back to you. There's many times where I was pressing in and, and work and just working, 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 working. And I was losing out on my time with the Lord and the money just kept like, it was like water. It just kept going away. And I'm like, hey, what's going on? And the Lord's like, you ain't bothering to talk to me. So I'd start talking to him and then I'd start going soul winning. I'd lay aside the work that needed to be done and go soul winning or do whatever else. I got time with the Lord. Ding. And it came. See, this is the God we serve. This is why you obtain these things through faith. It's all a supernatural thing. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Walk in the fullness of God. Walk in the supernatural. You walk in the supernatural every time you come in here and there's a message is delivered. Be the one. Be the one that either that gets the, the tongues or, or the one that, that gives the interpretation. Pastor gets it. Because he's pulling on it. He knows. It's for you too. You can pull on that very same thing. You can pull on that healing anointing. You can pull on it not only for your own body, but for somebody else. I preached at a men's breakfast years ago before I even went to Bible school. And I, and I was talking about the fire of God and healing and everything. And a man stood up. He goes, my brother, I, I want to say it was dire particulitis. I'm going to call it gut rot. Okay. He, he said, my brother has, you know, this, this thing. And I said, like, well, good, then you stand in for him. I said, put your hand on your belly, lift the other hand to the Lord in the name of Jesus. And we just cursed that disease and uh, didn't think nothing of it. To me, I counted as done. Praise God. And that we just went about our way. And I knew because I could feel it leave, it le like left out of me. Just like the woman with the issue of blood, Jesus felt it. Amen. And then I ran into him a couple weeks later, and, and he goes, hey, he said, I forgot to tell you. I'm like, come on, man, you leave me hanging. He said, I wanted to tell you, I, uh, I called my brother after I got home, and he said he felt better, and I asked him when it happened, and it was the very same time that you prayed. Hallelujah. That's the God we serve. Glory to God. It was, it, it was nothing in me. It's never anything in you, but it's all God. That's why you never touch the glory, because it's all his. He's the one that did it. I was just the one that said, let's do it. I was the vessel, amen? I was that jar of clay. And he, just, he did what he said he would do. Another time we had, we called them houses of joy. And um, I was like the second in charge. I was the other guy. And... Uh, and the, the lady of the house, it was her mother, and she spoke no English. She spoke Spanish. Our house of joy was really fun because it was both in English and Spanish all the time. I, I, I enjoyed it thoroughly. It was amazing to hear the word of the Lord spoken in another language. And uh, so her mother came in, and she had been having this pain in her heel. And I said, all right, we're going to believe God for it. And the leader, he prayed, but I, I felt it in me. I felt the unction in me. And I was like, okay, let's do this, Lord. This is going to happen. So I prayed for her. I said, how do you feel? She goes, oh, like that. I'm like, no, that wasn't it. And I prayed again. Again, nothing happened. I could have just threw my hands up. Oh, well, I guess the Lord's not healing today. So many people are like, well, if it's the will of the Lord that I be healed. Well, clearly you don't know what your Bible says because the Bible says it is the will of the Lord that you be healed. Amen. I mean, you read about healing in the Bible, even in Acts. 
that, 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 that the beggar who got healed, and it mentioned salvation, healing was part of the salvation. Amen. Healing is the children's bread. So I didn't stop right there. I felt, that, I felt the Holy Ghost well up on me even more. Like, how dare you not work right now? You must be out of your mind, heel. And I hit that thing one more time, and then no sooner I felt it, whoop, shoot out of my hand and go into her foot. And I looked, as soon because I felt it, that, that anointing, I, I felt it leave. And I looked up at her right as it did it, and she went, because she felt it jump into her. Keep in mind, there was a language barrier. She didn't know what I was praying. And I said to her, how are you feeling? Translated. And she stood up and she starts moving around. She said, Gloria, Dios, Gloria, Dios. And she started jumping up and down on the heel that caused her so much pain. Jesus healed her. I, I, I could keep going and going and testifying to the goodness of God. Lady with cancer. The doctor said, I have cancer. She said, I'm not receiving this. I said, well, praise God. I said, you already got the faith. Boom. And she came back later. Nothing was there. I went back. There was no lump, no nothing. Why not for you? Why not for you? I was, the stories I'm telling you, one, I was in Bible school and the one previous to that, I was a cop. I was just preaching here and there. God is no respecter of persons. He did it for me and he'll do it for you. How much do you want to pay? How much do you want to pay? How deep do you want to go? Because if you're content to splash in the puddle, then you'll get puddle anointings. And sometimes puddles get a little muddy. But if you want more, start taking steps that go deeper. I'll tell you, it'll be scary. It'll be scary to go deeper. But trust the Lord. He'll come up. The devil will lie to you every bit of the way. The Lord won't do it for you. You're not good enough. You'll hear that one almost guarantee. You're not good enough. You remember that life you used to live? You, didn't, you weren't good. Boom, used to. You, you were this guy. You did this. You used to, to, to gossip a lot. You were anything. He'll tell you anything. But when you hear stuff like that, keep going deeper. When things come up against you in life, even to get here tonight, we're, we're like five minutes away. <laughs> stuff came up. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. And you just smile and rejoice. You're like, all right, praise God, things are happening, amen. And keep moving forward. Don't ever bother going back. Because what's the Bible say? The Bible says that the, the one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is not worthy of the kingdom. You put your hand to the plow and just keep going forward. You hit a rock, you hit a mountain, get the thing out of the way. Speak to it. Hey, rock, get out of my way. Boom, and keep going. Just keep going. Don't stop. Don't stop. Anything with the kingdom of God, don't stop. Just keep going. Something don't work out, keep going. Just keep pressing and pressing and pressing and watch the Lord. Watch what he'll do for you. We're, we're, I'm telling you, we're just at the beginning little scratching in the surface of what the Lord's going to do. Let, let me tell you what the Lord is going to do in this last hour, this last reprieve that we have. Because mm. I, I can see it in the spirit, you know. See, you, you see the body of Christ starting to get stirred and woken up. You, you start seeing people like, I had enough of this life. I had enough of this dead Christianity. I had enough. And people, they get fed up. So now they're like, well, what else is there? And then they start reading their word more. They start getting deeper into it. And I'm telling you that believers, regular, common, everyday believers, are going to see the miracles that the Bible talks about. They're, you're going to be walking down this in, in, in Soul Mart with your shopping cart, just be bopping along, and you'll get a word from the Holy Ghost. That person has a slip disc in their back. And then you'll go up to that person with the boldness of the Holy Ghost. Excuse me, do you have, you have a pain in your back from a slip disc? How do you know? And you, the Lord wants to heal it right now. You, you know how many people will go, hey, can I pray for you? They'll, yeah, sure, have at it. Very rarely will you run into somebody, no, I don't want you praying for me. Rarely. People will accept prayer. 
That's your chance to let God show himself big. In the name of Jesus. I mean, I want to scream it out in the store. But I get excited. In the name of Jesus, heal. Whatever it may be. Back, I command you to be healed in Jesus' name. Disc, you go back in, refreshed and renewed in Jesus' name. What? What happened? My back feels so hot right now. I felt electricity. It feels so good. It hadn't felt like that in years. Common everyday believers, these are the things that you'll see. And you know what? You'll see them even bigger than that. Like think of the most amazing thing that you think that the Lord could do for you and through you. It's bigger. It's bigger than that. I close my eyes and I think of going and, and reaching millions of people and seeing millions of people get saved. It's bigger than that. It's bigger than that. I mean, that's what I'm laying hold of, that vision to do that. The vision I had to see the body of Christ woken up and walking in everything they have. To take a massive amount of ground in this last hour. So much so that the saints of old will see what we're doing now. Hallelujah. I'm like, I wanted that while I was on earth. I wanted that so bad. You'll have Elijah and Elisha looking at you and saying, I wanted to do what you're doing. That's this church. That's the hour that we live in. That's what the Lord's going to do in us and through us. Hallelujah. This is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. He wants to use you just like that. Just like that. To do things that the people of old could never imagine. To carry an anointing that they couldn't even fathom. Hallelujah. You, you look at Elijah called fire from heaven. Hallelujah. With the prophets of Baal. They couldn't do nothing. I love that passage because he makes fun of them and everything. Cracks me up every time I read of it. Maybe he's in the bathroom. Scream louder. I love it. And then what he say? If I be a man of God. If I be a man of God. He prayed like a 20-second prayer. They were going at it for hours. He prayed a 20-second prayer. Whoo! Consumed everything, lapped up the water and every bit of it. How about that? Who wants that? <laughs> it's bigger. It's bigger. You think about it. You think about how many people in this world need to be saved. If you would focus on this, you'd be like, oh, that's too much. But no, with God, what? All things are possible, right? Hallelujah. So with God, if everything is possible with God, then it's bigger. It's so much bigger. And it's you. You're not too old and you're not too young. These kids over here are going to be doing it. You know how I know? My youngest does it. She has no problem going and laying hands on somebody, and she does it with an expectation. You wouldn't believe the surprise looks on people's faces when something happens. What was that? <laughs> Praise God for it. But that's what I'm talking about. The Bible even said how the saints of old will look at us and desire that. We have so much more than they did. It only came on the prophets, the priests, and the kings. Now it's for every last one of us. It, it, it sweeps like a wave over us. Glory, hallelujah. You're not small, you're big. You're massive. And you're here to take a whole lot of ground before Jesus comes back. You might as well figure <laughs> that you're going to get it done before you check out or before he comes back. But you might as well just own it, amen. Because you figure Jesus even said that, that when, about the, the fig tree blooming. And he was talking about Israel. And the Bible even says, can a nation be created in a day? And it happened back in May of 1948. Hallelujah. So you think if you're born in 1948, where are you at now? So how much closer is the Lord's return? How much more should we be doing as we see the day approaching? Amen. Every bit of prophecy in the Bible has been fulfilled other than Jesus coming back. What an exciting time that we live in. 
And he's, see, he's given us more time, more time. He ain't coming just yet because I know there's a whole lot more people that need to get saved, amen? There's a whole lot more people that have to come into the kingdom. See, the Pentecostals are the fastest growing. Why? Because we carry something. We carry the truth and the fire of God. We believe that God is who he says he is. And since we carry that, people desire that. People want real, raw power. That's what they desire. People don't want weak religion that doesn't do anything. People want something that's going to get results. When people see a person's life changed that shouldn't have been changed, boom! That's what people are looking for, real, raw power. And it's inside of you. If you realize the power that was inside of you, your head might explode. You, you, it's, even dunamis, dunamis power, dynamite. You want the technical term, trinitrostyling. In other words, boom. Something very small that makes a very big explosion. That's what's in you. That's what's in you. The common everyday believer has that. Not the pastor, the prophet, the teacher, the apostle. They have it, yeah. And they paid a price. But it's in the everyday believer. That same power is available. Access heaven and pull on that thing. And then go. Go and do. I don't care how old or how young. You say, the Bible says there's a quickening in my mortal body. Then I'm taking that quickening and I'm going for it. Whatever it may be, just do it. Just do it. It's, I'm not giving Nike a plug, but really, just do it. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> James 4.8, draw near to God, and he'll draw near to you. Isaiah 55.6, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. I'm just giving you the quick versions of this. Jeremiah 29.13, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. Right out of there. You don't go looking for God with your head. You ain't going to find nothing. You'll probably find a whole lot of devils trying to pretend to be God if you go searching with your head. But when you search with your heart, what's he tell you? And you will seek me and you will find me. Hallelujah. Be that heart that seeks after the things of God. Be that heart that says, consume me with that fire. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. See, it goes beyond the relationship of just knowing that God's always there. It's so much deeper than that. It's so much deeper than that. Knowing that God's always there is a beautiful thing. Don't get me wrong. But it's deeper than that. It's more amazing than that. What's, what's the Bible say? I think it's in Ephesians where, where the, that he has exceedingly abundantly above more than we could ever ask or imagine. According to the power that works, where at? 310. According to the power that works within you. Amen. Saints, grab a hold of what I'm saying. Because it, it is for you. You're going to come up against apprehension and fear when you go out and do it. Just press on right past that fear. When you fear that little twinge pop up in you of, whoo that's the time. Nope, 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 nope. I'm going for it. And you'll step out, and the Lord will come, boom, show up, and the person that you interact with will probably think that you've been doing it for years. <laughs> they don't need to know. But the fire of God. Hallelujah. The fire of God is an all-consuming fire, right? Hallelujah. See, this is why the Lord gave me the name for, the, for our ministry. It's Fire Now Ministries. And I got it while I was laying on my back on the floor. An evangelist came through, he was teaching at the school. And uh, he said, whatever you're believing God for, ask him for it. And it was a real simple thing for me. I'm like, Lord, because my wife had been telling me, we need to get a name for the ministry. And I'm like, all right, all right. So I said, Lord, I want a name for this ministry that you're giving me. Because it's his, not mine, it's his. And he, so that's what I said, Lord, that's what I'm believing for. The evangelist came by, boom. I went out and I'm laying there and I said to the Lord, I said, I'm not getting up until you tell me. And then the evangelist, he, kept, he went on and preached a little bit more, and he said, there's fire now. And the Lord said, there's your name. Right after he said it, it boom, dropped into my spirit. There's your name. 
And I got up because that's what I went to the Lord for. Because he even told me, he's like, there it is, and I get up. And I got up, and I called my wife, and I told her, and the vision that I seen in my mind of the flame was almost the exact same thing that she ended up pulling up, designing on a computer or whatever. Without me even telling her, I, I had the little drawing that I made of what I wanted it to look like. And then she showed me, and she's like, this is what I came up with. I said, that's exactly it. Hallelujah. So the fire of God, like I said, is an all-consuming fire. Because see, to get into the glory of God, you can't go in there with dirty hands. You can't go in with a dirty heart. You got to ask for the fire of the Lord to come and to purge all of that nonsense out. Look at gold that's refined in a fire. What happens to it? it, it well, I'll even go with lead. Because maybe a lot of us haven't come into a whole bunch of gold just yet. But I'm sure you've seen some lead. I used to do plumbing way back when. And, and I, I knew how to do some old school plumbing with the lead and oakum joints and everything. If you're not a plumber, you probably don't know what I'm talking about. But that's okay. And I had to melt lead down. But you can't pour just regular old dirty lead down in there. All that garbage has to float to the top. You scrape that off, get rid of it, and you pour the good stuff in. It's the same way with gold and with silver. See, how much are you willing to pay? Because that fire is going to come, and it's going to burn all the nonsense out of you that God did not put there. It's going gonna, it's gonna to get into your heart, and it's going to burn those things out of there that are going to stop you. Those, those little selfish desires that people have in their hearts and everything, that stuff's got to go. That stuff's got to get consumed, amen? Hallelujah. And when you feel the fire of God come on you, you're going to know it. You're going to know it. I remember the first time I felt the fire of God. I was sitting in a meeting before we ever went to Bible school down at the river. And uh, I, you know, I got blessed. The, the Lord moved me up to like the second row. And I'm just sitting there and I'm watching the pastor preach. And he's just awesome. And he's doing his thing. And uh, he showed a couple of clips of what happened. This, uh, another minister 20 years prior and everything. Ba, 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 ba. And how it was awesome and fun. And he was always saying, ushers, hurry up. Ushers, hurry up. And it's funny because when I went to Bible school, I became an usher. And I got to hear that myself. But um, it's, a, it's a privilege to serve the Lord, let me tell you. You know, even, even in any way that you can serve God, serve him. For me, then, it was doing ushering. I loved it because I learned, I learned how to flow in the anointing in that. But anyhow, I'm sitting there, and this is before all that. And the pastor, his eyes met mine. And I didn't know, like, if you didn't want to get hands laid on you to look away. I was like... And it probably looked just like that. And maybe that's why he called it. He's like, man, this kid needs something. <laughs> but he's like, you, very quickly, come out. I like stepped all over the people sitting. I was like two people in. I was like, and I had like trampled their feet. I could feel their feet squashing underneath mine. He said, hurry up. So I was moving with a sense of urgency. It was like the drill instructors in the Marine Corps. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. It was, that's how it was for me. I'm like, ah, let's go. I didn't even get to him. The ushers, the two ushers right behind me. I'm running up there, and you, you can even see in the video, I'm like full stride, and he goes, fire! And bah! Out I went. I, just, I mean, it laid me out. They just barely caught me. And I'm laying on the ground, and every time my heart beat, oh, oh, I feel it now. When, when you re recall these things, they come back. It, I, I can feel it in my hands and my fingertips right now. Jesus, love it. But every time my heart beat, I wish I could put the words what I'm feeling right this minute. Every time my heart beat, it was like, Whoa! and it, I could hear and feel fire. Whoa! Just like that. Whoa! 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 And I'm laying there and just like, I, I'm sure I was like twitching, doing a funky chicken on the ground or something. It, it just laying there and the Lord, wham! Wham! And then after a little while, it started to slow down, and I started to get up. And I felt the presence of God push me back down. Like the Holy Ghost came and was like, I'm not done yet. And it pushed me back down. I couldn't sit up. I got some pretty good core strength. I knew I could get up, but you know, it wasn't happening. He just pushed me back down. I'm not done. And I heard that. I'm not done yet. And it, 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 an incredible feeling. And I'd already been ignited and set on fire to do for the things of God, but that was where a purging was happening. That's where all of the slag and the nastiness was coming up and out. 
And the Lord was scraping that nonsense away and getting rid of it. Amen. And I, went, I came back to PA with a whole new excitement and, and ignition. And then I knew there was more. And then the, I got called to Bible school and, it, and all the other stuff just fell into play. But I knew that there was more. And it, it caused me to come in deeper into the things of God. I used to work the midnight shift at that time. So when I prayed, I was praying at like 3 o'clock in the afternoon when I woke up. And my, my room was like a cave because the sun shined right through there. I had the blackout blinds, cardboard, heavy-duty curtains. Like I, it was like a cave in there. And I would just pace back and forth and pray as soon as I got up, as soon as I got up. And it was out of that time that, that more and more things started to get imparted into me. Like don't, don't ever disregard an impartation when somebody goes to lay hands on you. And there's a word of caution. Don't let anybody just lay hands on you either. Because some people are carrying some passengers. And you don't want them things to get on you. So anytime somebody goes to lay hands on you, you can refuse it. And that's okay. But anytime somebody goes to lay hands on you and you're willing to let them, you'd be like, Lord, if they got anything that don't need to be there, I ain't having it. And you get yourself protected from it. Some people, the strongest anointing they have will just be to protect other people from them. And that's sad. Hallelujah. But glory to God. That fire. Get all that nonsense out of you. But what else does fire do other than purify? Fire sends things into space. Or fire explodes little fireworks and dynamite and things like that. But fire is a source of ignition. See, the fire of God, not only when it comes on you, will it not only burn out the stuff that ain't supposed to be there, but it will ignite you with a passion. It'll give you vision for where he wants to take you. 